Welcome back to Cosmic Brilliance, folks, where we have a very special guest today who refers to itself as Source Creator and volunteered very kindly to be channeled through Ileana, the Star Traveler. The title of this show is Source Creator Shares, Ascension Details and Avatars with Ascension Missions, such as the Pharaoh Akhenaten, Nefertiti, and the one known as Jesus. We are in an extremely important Ascension window right now, and it is important to educate ourselves about it. I have delved into it so deeply and had no idea how important Ascension was. I thought it was a little bit woo-woo and a little bit real, so whew, you guys are going to learn a lot today. This allows humans an opportunity to free their human soul aspects in third density to a higher, more loving soul, fourth and fifth density reality. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but just in the last couple of weeks, a surge on mainstream YouTubes of Egyptian archeological finds, cranial skulls, mummies, giant skeletons, UFOs spotted worldwide. So we're, we're starting to boogie here and get this out more to people. Please note that to provide context before asking some of the questions, I am condensing two volume works of Ashiana Dean. Her works are brilliant historical treatises. They're called the Voyager series. If you can still find them, they're about $300 each. And they provide for people on earth a rare detailed glimpse into our human history, highly advanced lost ages and ascension mechanics. So half of my questions synthesized are from her, she gets full credit, okay? And thank you so much, Ileana, and Source Creator, who of course is standing by to speak, for being willing to do this channeling together. I'm very grateful and I'm certain much will be clarified that is pertinent and perhaps never before been revealed as succinctly publicly. So thank you so much. Thank you, Marilee. It's wonderful to be back. Okay, so just to clarify, is Source Creator here, or do you need a couple of minutes to do that, Ileana? I usually need a minute or two for Source Creator to come in okay. to connect with the channeling frequency of the pure divine creation. So, and I have my eyes sometimes closed or open. It depends on the frequency just for the audience. Source Creators here in present, Marilee. Thank you, Source Creator. And Cosmic Hugs, and really appreciate your ever-present now time and your invaluable wisdom with us today. Thank you. It is a blessing to be here with you. Oh, so um, I would like to start by, I'm sure what our audience would like to have clarified is how you define yourself as source creator. We define ourselves as source creator as infinite creation of everything, all universes, all existence, all creation in life. It is infinite. And we usually do not say I or we, it is a pure divine energy frequency. But for people, Sometimes the energy can be interpreted as a we or even as a feminine or masculine 
For us, there is no feminine or masculine, but for the being called Ileana, she perceives source creator as a masculine energy, just for clarification, but it is just pure divine creation source energy. All right. Thank you for that clarification. So that would also fall under our little human understanding of the prime source creator of the multiverses, more or less? Yes, yes. It is the same source creator, prime creator of the multiverse, multiverses, because there is more than one. It is the same thing, but some people call source creator, some call it prime creator. It is the same energy frequency of everything in creation. How beautiful. Thank you. Now, with all respect, I'm going to start with a challenging question by someone who's very knowledgeable, but also um, brought forth an interesting viewpoint. I'm going to quote her exactly. It's hard for me to believe when a channeler says I am channeling source creator because we as creator gods are source creator. If one is channeling source creator, that literally means at least in my knowledge, that you transcend past your oversoul to touch the divide of your oversoul and source consciousness. Akashic records are memory banks of conscious memories of source, end quote. So would you care to respond to that query? All living beings have a part of source creator in them because creation creates everything that is alive. So all of you carry part of source creation, of course, when somebody is channeling source creator, they are channeling the pure divine source creation energy frequency. They are not channeling their oversoul beyond the oversoul. They are channeling pure source creator frequency. That is what is being channeled right now. You are talking to source creator. You are not talking to the oversoul of Ileana. It is source creator here. How beautiful. Thank you so much for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. Now, a few of my questions may perhaps sound somewhat childlike approach, but I want to ask them for the wide variety of my international audience. Shall we begin? Of course, go ahead. Okay, thank you. What does it feel like being you as infinite divine energy? It feels very divine and high frequency. And source creator can see anything in creation in the universes, can access multidimensional energetics, information, data. It is infinite and unlimited. It is many experiences being downloaded from everything in creation. All the beings are interconnected to source, to creation. So all the beings bring in their experiences and information from a divine perspective connected to source. So it is everything being seen, felt, experienced. Source feels it all and sees it all and interacts with these frequencies and the beings as well. Thank you. You answered my second question as well so beautifully. Um, I know this is a little, I'm just being silly here, but uh, do you ever get, <laughs> is there ever such a, such a thing as having a tough time or overwhelmed? <laughs> It's just hard for our little brains to grasp, I guess. Well, source creation does not have a hard time with anything because source creation has created many creator beings to assist in this divine creation that we're all in. So those creators assist in making sure that the humans, those who are attached, 
connected to divine creation, those who believe and connect with what you call prime creator, source creator, or God frequency divinity. Those are their creator beings that source creator originally created, help out, and they're considered angelics as well. So they make sure that creation itself does not have a hard time because they are infinite creation themselves and they work with humans and other galactic beings to help everyone out equally without preference, without judgment. It is all part of the divine creation. That makes total sense. And as usual, knowing everything, you answer my next three questions. Thank you. <laughs> we try to be efficient. I love efficiency. Very good. <laughs> is there such a thing as a beginning for you? Of course, everything had a beginning. We came from the light field. Everything was at first light. There was no darkness when we were here. Creation was always here. It never, it is infinite, never had a ending, always a beginning, but everything was light. There was no other universes, but this light field. So Source decided to create other multi-existences of realities to spread itself, to experience even more than this one light field that it was as a whole. So it created the other multiverses and universes, dimensions, realms, realities, to allow everything to expand in that creation. And with that, darkness also was created because many things came into play when creation expanded itself beyond its huge light field. Beautiful. Again, the next three questions you answered. <laughs> okay. Um, now you said when darkness came, was that, uh, how, does, how did that come about? It was an unforeseen circumstance of light creation because there is a masculine and a feminine energy in all humanoid type of living beings that are in universes. And this darkness, when everything was light, we did not expect a portion of darkness to come in, a void, if you will, where other creator energies exist. Everything was pure light. But even creation at first did not anticipate everything in reality. So that is how that void was created, unfortunately. And then other creator beings were created to help to deal with that void, to manage it as best as possible to make sure the light is balanced with this darkness. So it does not overtake all of creation. That makes so much sense and has never been really elucidated before. Thank you so much. And uh, because my question was, have you ever had unforeseen, you know, experiences or unforeseen things? And I would imagine that everything in its own way uh, continually grows in the everything now. Yes, everything is an ever-growing experiential experience, even for source creation. When you first create, you define parameters of creation. What beings will live on, what planets, what multiverses and dimensions and universes will look like, the specifics, the ideas, the beings, the how, the why, the who, the when. 
but even source creation cannot anticipate everything because it was one light field at first. It didn't have helpers of other creator beings that it created in these experiences. So it could not anticipate everything. Even though it seems like it is the perfect field, sometimes in creation, things happen that are anticipated and we balance and adjust the light field to create that further balance so that darkness is not taking over the realities that were created. So would thank you so much. Now, would you say that there is only one infinite light field? Uh, now, there, now there is multiple infinite light okay. fields because okay. source creation expanded. Okay, great. Thank you for that clarity. Okay. And in those multiple light fields are you we all the same in all of those light fields are there ever any other maybe one step well probably one step down source creators but you know what i'm saying are you like the prime 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 no matter what light field yes. throughout infinity yes source creation is the main prime field of that light field the others have their own unique individualities and their own light fields. Every living creation has some uniqueness in the light field, just the source creator does. But the main one is the prime one. It is consistent. It is the same. The field that source creator has is not the same field that Ileana has. There is a difference even when we speak because we are one being, yet we are separate beings with their own individualities. Just like Source Creator has its own unique light field. And you can say oneness, but also individuality. That makes total sense. Uh, okay, thank you so much. So you're the prime one, so to speak. But of course, there's other light fields and it's constantly evolving and growing. Okay. Yes, yes, exactly. All righty. So, and then of course, as you already explained more or less is that it makes total sense that you create, create, you sustain and probably co-create other creators, helpers, angelics, et cetera, on down councils for the multiverse to help, to help uh, continue the growth aspect of souls. Is that correct too? Yes, it is. The councils are made up of various different beings. There's angelic councils, there are multi multiverse councils, there's energetic councils where they're not even physical, non-corporeal. There's collectives, there's all kinds of different organizations that facil facilitate the maintenance of the light fields, the maintenance of order, the of one, the laws of the universes so that things are in balance in all these universes, realms, dimensions, and realities. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, are we, how do I say this? Are we as human souls now in this experience, could we be called fibrils, F-I-B-R-A-L-S? or What fibrils? is fibrils? Fibrils are like um, fibrous antennas, like, like uh, uh, extensions miniature extensions of your beingness in other words how did how did we first get created would be a simpler way of asking that 
You were created with the stars, with the light fields. The planets were created first, the oceans, the waters, the plants, the animals, and then the humans, the galactic beings on all planets. First, it's the soul energy. We look at all soul energy that is suited for planetary inhabitation. Same for the animals and the plants. They all have souls. So your own unique soul frequency vibration is suited for certain types of planets where your souls can best grow and thrive and experience evolution. So the souls go to the planets. They decide and we decide together where you're best suited to go, of course, with your permission, because you have a say in the plan where you want to go. We both decide together and then the soul will inhabit physical creation. We looked at genetics. We looked at what each planet could sustain the best genetics to create the genetic blueprint first of the energy field and then the physical bodies into which the souls could enter and seed the planets. Same for the animals and the plants. Whatever best environments you're suited for, for the planetary creations and the systems, is that is how the physical bodies were created from energy and DNA. That physical blueprint was pre-imagined, pre-planned, and then the soul would come in into those physicalities once the bodies were born. So it's not making beings from clay or dirt or sand. It's making beings from pure energy and genetics and blueprints and soul fields. That also makes that sense. Thank you so much. I'm anthropomorphizing, I understand, but you exist in infinity. And so I have two kind of human questions, which is what really is your passion, your, your raison d'etre, your reason for being that keeps you moving and alive and impassioned is the word I would say. <laughs> Well, we are neutral in terms of passions and things. We are like a decorum specialist to make sure all the laws are followed in the universes, to make sure the light continues to exist and the beings continue to thrive as much as possible. Yes, there are adversities on certain planets and systems. Light To make sure light and darkness is balanced equally 50-50 as much as possible, because you too as beings, you are part of creation and creators in your own rights, have free will choice. We are here to make sure your free will choice is not impeded or taken advantage of or taken away. To make sure everyone has free will choice in creation, even though some planets may seem like they don't in realms, everyone has free will choice. It's about options, it's about explorations, passion for us is just create, explore, experience, infinite possibilities, explore your infinite possibilities, source creator explores theirs, and so do the beings that are were created from source creator. I would say that would be the passion, infinite experiences, infinite opportunities and possibilities. That, that also makes sense. I was going to ask you if the goal of most creations is to keep ascending souls through different soul evolutionary growth games or realities and adding more knowledge and wisdom of infinite vastness of the divine energy field of creation. Which yes, it is because 
divine creation, you could look at it as a holographic field game. You could look at it as a physical game. It's not a bad game. It's about exploring how you as souls and as creation want to experience these realities. You can have corporeal bodies. You can have non-corporeal bodies exist as pure energies, orbs, light fields, light bodies, light sources. Anything is possible in infinity and creation. Thank you. Now, when you first started, you mentioned about everything being light and unfortunately dark came through and now it requires um, a neutrality. Two questions with that. You, you mentioned that it's 50-50. Now, are there other games that are 20, 60, 30, 70? I mean, uh, that, I understand neutrality is 50, 50, but to me, I'd be going like mm, 70, 75% light, 20% dark light, because the second question here is the unfortunateness of dark, is it true that it also provides contrast for greater challenges, thus stronger soul growth? Well, the, let's answer the first question. Some yeah. beings, because we created many planets, universes, dimensions, realities, parallel realities as well. Those beings have a choice in how much light and dark percentage they will play out on their planetary systems. Free will choice allows for 2070, 5050. The beings on those planets are allowed to choose the quotients of their light and darkness as well and what they create too, because all of you create something in the living habitats where you live. So it is your choice too how much light or darkness you create. We create 50-50. What you do with it is also up to you as collective beings living on worlds or your other existences. And darkness does provide an opportunity for soul growth and experience of challenging situations if you choose to examine the experience correctly and understand what happened. Then you may learn something from it. If you choose to ignore it and not examine it or understand why, you might keep repeating those same challenges until you finally get it and say, ah, I finally learned I choose not to repeat these same dark challenges, mistakes. You understand, and you even what we can, you humans might consider mistakes are just learning points and experiences. Mm -hmm. Now, what popped up for me as you were talking about this and self evaluation is I want to hear directly from you the concept of karma, how you perceive that. Karma is what humans perceive. We do not create karma. We yes. create light and infinite experience. This is a more of a corporeal concept of karma loads, karma debts, paying it off, not paying it off. I have karma, you have karma. If you choose not to create karma, you don't have karma. You can be as light as you want or as heavy as you want, up to you. I totally agree with that. And thank you so much. And the lightness, of course, would be if something is in resonation with us and uplift us where we literally feel lighter and the dark, how people would recognize even subtle darkness is if we feel perhaps a bit heavier and uh, pressed down. Would that be valid? Yes, heaviness is created when somebody judges themselves, creates guilt. How they interact with others 
if it's messy, if it's heavy, if it's difficult, that creates the heaviness. And then the humans perceive, oh, I have such bad karma. I have a load of karma. I am indebted. I'm, and, and that is the human perception of human behaviors, human thinking, guilt, shame. I have to work it off. I need to work it off. I need to release it. Yes, if you created it, if you feel like you need to release the heaviness, of course you can. You can unload the karma. But if you choose not to create it in the first place and choose to be more of on a positive light field trajectory in your life and avoid karma, you don't create it because you are balancing yourself in a healthy way, physically, emotionally, and on the soul divine frequencies. You hold the light because you do not collect the darkness within. You choose not to. You don't participate. You don't allow yourself to accumulate karma to go inside your soul field or physical body. So you maintain the light aspect with positive attitudes, positive behaviors, and positive actions. Yes. And I think that the concept down here is people think linearly and very limited rather than uh, the concept of ever present now and you forgive yourself, you transmute, and doesn't it then exist thus in the ever-present now? Yes, because you release what you no longer need or want to participate in. So you you are in the light field, in the essence of your true lightest soul, highest soul, oversoul. You are in your infinity. Beautiful. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, this is a very human question. If you ever, in infinity, if there was such a thing for any part of you, it, this may make no sense, to be, be done or be not interested anymore, would you ever wish to uncreate uh, your existence or recreate something else? Or, or is there any... Does that is that even conceivable or not because of the infinity of choices? We do not uncreate what we have created because this sustains the life that was created. So we do not undo life unless planetary systems and the beings on them undo themselves and create mass extinction. Again, free will choice of what the beings do. They can make themselves thrive in their realities or they can make themselves extinct through wars, through manipulation, through disease, what they create themselves on their worlds. We do not undo creation because creation is infinite and sustains life. We always create. We do not stop creating because the light always needs to be created further and further in this infinity. So we don't stop. And we have created other creator beings that create new experiences in the light. So there is no end to infinity of creation. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And here's another human one. Uh, I'm not big on worshiping any deity uh, at all, but I appreciate mutual honor and respect. So a little bit anthropomorphizing here. If, because if you were to say that the light field had a desire or yeah, like desired anything, would that be to feel love, 
that we love one another and that we love all. Or would it, that not even enter? Because do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a, a um, <laughs> something that we give back to you besides greater experience, greater knowledge of, in the playing field? Is it is it love? Is it growth? What is it that conti continues the flourishing of existence? Love was already in the light field, in the source field. It never left. It is always there. It is in all of you. It is in source creator. And the growth comes with the experiences that are sent back to source creator from all of you. And source creator creates its own growth by the soul expansions of others. We see everything in your souls. We help guide you as well with ideas, with improvements, like what you and I interacted with. I think Source Creator might have visited you because these <laughs> questions reflect Source Creator's experiences as well. Yes, definitely. Thanks for your help. <laughs> mm. And right. we, are, we are not deities. We are not gods. We are just infinite creation. So yes. we, we do not require anybody to pray to us, to put us on pedestals, make us gurus. We are infinite love. We are creation. Infinity desires we we don't really have desires we explore everything and we are very neutral we do not take sides mm -hmm. beautiful well thank you so much boy this is such such a treat and i would like to kind of shift slightly but very connected to begin questions on ascension and ascension rights since my understanding is that we are living in a cyclic, supportive, golden wave ascension opportunity for souls to be clear of this lower dimension if they choose. Is that right? You can choose to go to 5D energy anytime by raising your vibration to that 5D level and not lowering yourself to the 3D fields that still exist on some planets. 3D is a concept that is an old idea. Eventually, all the planets will shift to 5D. And those that choose to go into 5D with the planet will ascend to 5D when the timing is right. Because every soul has its own ascension path and timeline that they choose to participate in. If somebody does not want to ascend with the rest when that huge ascension process happens on the planet... They may choose not to, and they may choose to go to a different world as a soul being creation, whether in physical, corporeal or experience or just energetic frequency. Free will choice allows the ascension for you to play multiple parts and roles in ascension as you are meant to. So this planet, this planet, Tara, Gaia, Earth, whatever you choose to call it, is on an ascension path to 5D. And some humans are struggling because they don't even understand the concept of ascension and energy and frequency, how that goes with a physical body, a light body, and the pure soul divine choice of what you want to create in your ascension path. If somebody wants to reach 5D, they can raise their frequencies by eating well, by being healthy, positive thinking, positive choices in life and they vibrate on that higher frequency and they can visit 5d dimension on a soul level and sometimes even physically 
teleport there if their energy is pure enough to connect to 5D. It is all individual choice, free will. Mm. Now, can uh, we be vibrating at 5D or even higher, but not be have a sense of uh, joy and wonder, but not have active abilities for whatever reason or not have conscious astral travel that we remember? We could some, go ahead. Some beings who choose to activate their third eye pineal gland crown chakra, they have a higher awareness and understanding as well when they're activating intuition that they vibrate at a 5D level, therefore they can visit it because they have that intuitive feeling that they're going somewhere else and exploring something positive at that vibration. And some are not aware, they may be working on human things as well. They may feel some joy, some joy not so much on other days, so their vibration may, may go 5D and lower. It depends on the beings and their life choices. Okay. And is it true, as I've been studying the different ascension rites, which we'll get into, is it true that there are, at least for us perhaps right now, are there two kinds of ascensions? I've heard about one taking your body with you into a higher frequency and one as a soul moving to a higher frequency, perhaps leaving the body behind. Can you clarify for us, please? Yes, sometimes what you can do is if you've practiced reaching your light body, the, the soul essence that is everything, golden frequency, blue frequency, everything that is your soul, because your soul isn't physical body. If you are in unity and alignment with that soul frequency and that light body field, then you can just absorb the physical body into that light field and ascend that way. And then what you can do, if you need a corporeal form, you can form yourself that way and then reintegrate into the light field as you need. Materialize the physicality, the corporeal body, corporeal body, and then dematerialize back to energy field into the light body, into the light soul frequency. So in essence, you do take your physical body with you, but it doesn't always have to be physical because you are in your light field. That's one way. And some beings have just, when they feel that they have been in physicality enough, they have learned everything they want, they go straight into their light body and they may choose never to form a human body again if they have come to that finishing point of experiencing physicality. So they go into the light field straight and exist as pure light and they can be orbs. They can create any shape they want. Okay, thank you. Now, um, according to Ashiana, Dean's book, she mentions many different terms, which I'll have you define, please, as we go along. And one is called the staff of power that you see often in Ascension rituals. The Egyptian royalty used to carry, I guess, a staff of power. And they're often seen holding both items across their chests and their tombs, like the staff of power or Ankh and the blue flame could be used in ascension rituals. So are those advanced tech uh, weapons? How do those two things work? Like the staff of power slash onk, if those are the same things, and the blue flame? 
So the staff of power, this could be plasma energy that is in a device. It could be for healing or it could be for a weapon. Plasma, light fields, crystalline energy that can be put into that staff. Or it could be something made from wood with some kind of energy device that activates it and you connect to it with your thought consciousness. Again, can be used as a weapon for healing or for neutralizing weapons or for neutralizing something that is not of the highest good. So yes, it could be an energetic frequency or physical frequency, both for healing or for a weaponization purpose, which it should not be used for, but it could. Multiple purposes indeed, and it is an advanced technology. Different beings can create such staffs of power and they could have them in different forms with different materials. The Ankh is more of a smaller item that is more portable than even a staff. And it could hold crystals, pure vibration, plasma frequency, and act the same way as the staff of power, just in a smaller capacity. And in terms of the blue flame, that blue flame, that is part of the rays, that is part of the light field. There is the blue flame, the orange flame, all kinds of rays and flames, which activate planetary system fields to create life. The blue flame can jumpstart somebody's heart again, for example. If a person is on the brink of their heart no longer beating properly and the electrical signal is no longer active, so the heart almost stops beating, some beings can access the blue flame ray and jumpstart the heart again as part of their ability. The blue flame exists at zero point. Anybody can access it who is skilled in the energetic fields, in accessing energetic fields beyond physicality plane of existence on the pure energetic frequency. You could access it if you wanted to and knew how and jumpstart somebody's heart. That makes sense because we're electromagnetic beings too. So. Yes. So and you're crystalline. Cool. You're also crystalline. Yes. Good, good reminder. And uh, so it, it kind of amplifies our thought and intent also. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then uh, I know Ashiani talked about in her books that souls needed to ascend through Amenti, the halls of Amenti, and couldn't do it without the blue sphere. So you mentioned that flames are different colors. How many spheres are there? And can you explain what the blue sphere is and the importance of the spheres? There are many spheres of light. Every planetary body and system has its own sphere because it is the core of the planet. And it is also the soul essence of the planet that creates the planetary field. We start with spheres. That is how planets are created from an energetic sphere that is the core essence of the planet and the soul essence. That, that could be a blue sphere. That could be a green sphere because every planet does not look the same. The color frequencies are different. So the spheres are, you can call the hearts of the planets. Even moons and asteroids have their own heart energy. It is a spherical energy within that physical parameter creation, if that makes any sense. And in terms of the halls of Amenti, this is a place where 
It is a seventh dimensional place where humans can transcend, ascend with creating life or creating death when they're ready to expand their soul existence. That is a place of coming and going to figure this out. Oh, okay. That's why uh, she speaks about it so much in the ascension process. So I'm wondering, by putting clues together, do these spheres, like the blue sphere she, that is considered so important, hold morphogenetic soul blueprints of different races? And do they act like soul wells for souls waiting and holding for a next ascension opportunity? Does that make any sense? Well, of course, every light sphere of planetary existence holds a genetic blueprint for what types of souls will enter that planetary field, and it can hold the morphogenic energy of the planetary system itself. Think of it as a vast library field of DNA of everything existing on that planet. So the blue sphere is Earth, Gaia, Tara, and Earth has been recreated several times. This is not the first Earth. There have been several Earths before this, several Taras, and their planetary spheres have been blue. So even the sphere itself has been recreated several times to hold that energetic field of the essence of the planet, the system, so you can experience similar things from the original Earth on this Earth, because the blue light field needs to hold the same frequency. So it holds the frequencies of soul parameters, of physicality parameters, planetary parameters. It holds all of that information. And souls as holding soul wells, if you choose to align yourself with this blue sphere planetary system, then of course your soul will be in that morphogenic field of the planet, the beating heart of the planet. Is it, thank you. Does this relate to, I mean, I think we can all be all colors, but does, does this relate to the, a major color array that a soul could be carrying? Would they be more attracted, like if they blue ray or violet ray or yellow or golden are just all rainbow colors? It doesn't really matter. Well, every soul has its own frequency field that is one of these rays. But the planet holds the blue sphere. We are, Earth is the blue sphere. This particular planet is the blue sphere. Human beings can call, can hold many different ray frequencies. Everyone's can be one or two combinations or three or four, depending on what your soul vibrates at. So it is all the colors of the rainbow for the ray colors for healing for soul existence, for soul exploration. Even the planet might, the sphere might hold several colors. Tara, Earth, Gaia holds the blue primary color field of its sphere. That's being called the blue pearl. <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. Okay, so another term. So we discussed spheres and onks and uh, power staffs. And all these are important. Uh, what is the exact role of the Ark of the Covenant in ascending people or souls? The Ark of the Covenant is an energetic frequency. First of all, there are several Arcs of the Covenant. One is a portal system that is under the Mount of Jerusalem, 
Solomon's Temple. That has several tools, energetic tools for communication, for healing, sound wave acoustic frequencies that can create cities or destroy them energetically. That's one arc. The Ark of the Covenant was made out of the one that does the ascension is pure crystalline form, blue and purple crystals. So it was a almost as a sphere, almost as a cylindrical sphere with blue and purple energy. That is one type of an Ark of a Covenant that was to help the souls ascend into their light bodies and go through the portal systems, uh, which Ashiana talked about. So that one was crystalline. The others are different types of tools, weapons, communication devices with crystalline and plasma source fields of their own. So there's more than one Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, thank you for clarify, clarifying that because I the Ark of the Covenant, they often show you that is gold or whatever. I got that uh, that was used as a, a could be, I, I certainly can be wrong, but it could be used as a weapon to uh, just disintegrate. You know, yes. not yeah. a kind of thing or something like that. Yes, the city of Jericho it was used, the oh. sound frequencies from it were used to take down that city. And then it has radiation fields of somebody who's not of the purest light touches it, they would disintegrate. But it's also used for communication purposes to communicate with galactic beings because it serves more than one purpose in what it could do. It alters its frequencies and how it behaves and what it does. Great. That makes sense. Okay. So what are the specifics of how the souls and the physical people go back into the portals through the inner earth portal or the halls of a menti portal? What are the specifics? So first, they would need to vibrate at a high frequency in their soul field to even access these portals, inner earth portals of, or the halls of Amenti. If they don't vibrate at that high degree frequency, they cannot access these portals. So if their frequency is high, the soul signature, if you will, your auric fields, your your chakras, if they vibrate in the meridians, if everything in the body vibrates at high frequency capacities to even find the frequency fields of the halls of the menti or inner earth portals, then you have the capacity to go through these portals and choose to ascend on a physical level or an energetic level, either or, or together. Again, there's many possibilities of ways to ascend but you must be of the highest vibration to even go through these portal systems. Halls of Amenti is the one that truly allows the life field to ascend in the soul. Inner earth portal, that one can take you to many places. It could take you to a realm of ascension in inner earth, or it could take you somewhere else that is not as stable as the halls of Amenti portal system at this time. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Because I know her volume two book was a lot about the halls of Amenti, which we'll get a little bit more details on. Thank you for that. Were crystals also used in ascension practices? I would assume so. And how did the guardians of the crystals and priestesses perform the ascension rites for souls going back to their planetary origins in the Atlantean Egyptian Hall of Records, say about 26,000 years ago? So the priestesses 
and the guardians of the crystals, they were mostly women. They had staffs, they had crystalline staffs and wands that would carry a certain soul ascension frequency within them. And soul people, physical people with the right soul signatures that were ready to ascend would come under the pyramids in the chambers, Egyptian, Atlantean, Hall of Records chambers. That's what it was called 26,000 years ago under the pyramids. And they would, the humans with the right soul signature ready to ascend, they would come in the circle, the crystal circle, where these priestesses and guardians of the crystals were gathered. They would align the frequencies of their staffs and of their wands or scepters to the right frequency of these souls ready to ascend. The portal would open, halls of Amenti or inner earth. And if the frequency is right of those beings, they could go through those portals right on their soul frequency ascension path and go to their planets of origin. If the frequency is encoded correctly, it takes you back home to your planet of origin where you want to go back. Transported home, if you will. Begin to go home. And again, that could be in a physical body, energetic form, whatever the soul chooses to ascend into into when it's returning home. Very clear and precise, thank you. Now you did mention, uh, this is a term often bandered around of, of the planet of origin. Okay, so I would love for you to specify that. Does that mean like how is a soul created? And then does that refer to its first place it goes for exploration? Sometimes it could be the first place of exploration where the soul and that being wants to go back to. So it can ascend to its original form of planetary home where it was first created, where the soul had its first incarnation, whether physically, non-corporeally, energetically. If it wants to go back to that original point of creation, it can ascend there, or it can just go back to the planet of where it was before it came on its earth mission because it can be born through incarnation on a human mission or a galactic mission earth and other physical planets or you can come in through avatar bodies that are vibrationally created for you for a time period it's usually not clones it's an energetic body frequency that is created when you visit here you finish your mission then you go back to that planet where you came from once your mission is done on Earth. Cloning is rare. Cloning does not often happen because it is not in line with the frequency of universal laws. Yes, thank you for clarifying that too. So how did the guardians perform ascension rites, specifically underneath the pyramids, when they finished their mission on Earth, specifically where the sarcophagi I think that's how you pronounce it, sarcophagi, were taken through the portal systems to ascend their souls with their bodies to their original planetary points of origin. Sometimes the souls may have such a high vibrational field that the portal system cannot handle it. So the sarcophagi was to make sure that that field is contained to the individual and they can go through the portal field itself if the soul field is higher than the body itself. 
So the sarcophagi were a specific type of a technology to align the soul field so the portal will accept it. That's why that sarcophagi was needed. It could be made out of crystal, plasma, many different materials to help the soul be balanced and not bigger than the body to go through the portal. And again, it was done with these crystalline tubes. The guardians have these crystalline tubes, not like staffs of power. These were long, elongated and pure electrical frequency and crystalline connections through a coil system. And they would point that toward the portal to keep it steady as the sarcophagi would go in with the being inside and transport it where it needed to go to planet of origin or back to the planet where now th their mission on earth is complete or somewhere else they're ready to go home so they go through the portal field the the crystalline tube device would help to keep the portal frequency steady for the process to be completed correctly by the guardians all right oh. So wonderful, because um, I was going to ask you to take us through a step-by-step -step through the whole process of ascension of like, as if we were observers watching our own ascension. Is there multiple different ways of doing it? But if you're using the blue sphere, the hall of Amenti, the power staff, the blue flame, the Ark of the Covenant, you, you just described these beautiful tubes, crystalline tubes. But could you uh, do a summary of the basic ascension? Because I think that it would be an interesting thing for us to visualize uh, doing and participating in. Well, each of these processes have their own protocols, how it's done step by step. So it depends on which one you choose. Which one do you want? Hmm. I could walk you through a light body ascension process. Yes, that would be lovely. So that's the easiest to do. Okay. Say, say a human frequency, if you're a human body with a light field that is ready to leave the planet for whatever reason, you will vibrate at a certain light field frequency to start building your light body. You will just want to go higher and higher vibrationally, and you are no longer attuned to the physical heaviness of whatever reality you are in. So the light field builds, 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 and builds, and then you start creating blue ray light field, golden ray, golden ray light field, whichever your body is attuned more to, what you resonate with the frequency, you start to vibrate at that frequency. And the Merkabas in your soul field, some people have one Merkaba, some have many, they start to spin at certain color vibrations. Could be blue, could be purple, could be golden and blue. They spin, spin, spin at the proper frequency cycles where you step physically into that light body. You physically step into that light body and you ascend fully and you take your human body into that light field and you're in a different dimension because your Merkaba fields have spun in the right clockwise directions. You may have four Merkabas, you may have one, you may have two, depends on the soul field and what you're creating. And you take it up and you go beyond the firmament of physicality, planes of existence. You leave the planet and the planetary system 
and you chart your course of where you're ascending to. You need to be specific. Ah. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, that would be a completely whole show in and of itself, but let's proceed. So did the ancient Egyptians see any of the Ark ships themselves above the Giza Plateau pyramids, say from 5,000 to 50,000 years ago? They saw many types of ships. They saw Ark ships, other mother ships. They saw Syrians. They saw Arcturians. They saw Antarians. They've seen many different ships over the pyramids of the Giza Plateau. So it's not just Ark ships. Ark ships are the many ships of the cedar races, like the El Reis, the Maldakians, Arcturians, Pleiadians, Andromedans. Those are the most common cedar ships and Ark ships, Atlantean ones too. So the Egyptians have seen many of them as many different civilizations have participated in evolving the Egyptians over the many eras of the Egyptian cycles on Earth. Mm. Thank you. Do you know if the Atlantic Ark ship we know about uh, depicts accurate historical information about the ascension rites as to how Egyptians use the sarcophagi to ascend living beings through the portal systems under the Giza Plateau pyramids? Does it contain the accurate historical information? Yes, it contains very accurate historical information for this planet and other planets where that Ark ship has visited. So it has offerings of different history knowledge and different data of where it's been, because it's been in many places, not just on Earth. So yes, it's accurate ascension information, and this is what we just discussed. So it is accurate, and but you can access any type of almost ascension rite that has been experienced on Earth, and it will show you the steps of it and how it's done and why. So it's a whole database of ascension rites for different beings, different civilizations, different galactic beings who have been on Earth or visited Earth and experienced ascension protocols. Okay, lovely. Lovely to know that. So is ascension can be done theoretically any time. It is desirable to have more of the masses of people to, to do it at certain key times when more windows are open, or is it always and or always an individual choice at any time, no matter what? It is both. Yes. Okay. Some people are very eager to ascend and they will come in their own collectives, groups of people who are ready to do it. They can ascend 50 people if they're that eager and that willing and that ready on the planet. They can just go in 50s, 100s, thousands. If there's a will, there's a way to do it. They'll figure out which ones they want to do. If they all agree that they want to ascend for a very positive, good reason, their missions on Earth have been finished, they're ready for their next asc ascension steps, then they'll collectively choose to ascend in whichever manner is appropriate for them as a group. They can do it also individually through the light body. They can do it as a planetary system altogether, just go. Or it could be a very individual-based decision when to do it. 
And in terms of pockets of time, you create the pockets of time, the planet creates the pockets of time and opportunities. If you can catch it in time, sure, you'll take it. If you don't, you just wait until the next one or you create your own pocket of time to ascend. It's not one way. There's many different ways of choosing and why and when. Fascinating. Now, Ashiana said the, the key thing is the genetic code of each individual has to be evolved enough to go through the ascension process. So if it's a fifth DNA activation, um, that we have to be, have that active and or dormant in us. And hmm. I'll ask that first. <laughs> so you, your soul frequency needs to vibrate at the right frequency to even consider ascension. Then your DNA needs to vibrate at that same frequency for any ascension tool or process to work for you to ascend. It, it has a, to have a that vibration. Field. A coherent field, preferably 5D or 6D or 7D. Any lower and it just might not complete the process correctly. You might still end up where you were on the planet. Oh, okay, good to know. Now, is there a device or a monitoring system of light or whatever, or is it just a automatic thing that same energy attracts, co you know, coherent like energy to monitor ascension frequency qualification for each person? Like, do higher ups, higher ups know who's qualified? Probably, but we don't necessarily know if we're qualified, right? It's not devices per se, it's the energy fields. Most advanced extraterrestrials, the positive ones, they can read your energy field. They can read your soul signature field and they might know, ah, that one's field is very high. They are ready for ascension. And if that being wants to ascend, then those beings know that they're close to ascension. Using technology and monitoring tools is not really a good way of doing this because it violates free will choice and it's spying on those beings ready for ascension. So it's mostly on, in an energetic field, psychically sensing when somebody is ready for that. Advanced soul beings can do that and creator beings. So it is not technology that monitors that. It's mostly done energetically. And you can monitor yourself. You can read your own frequency when you're ready for it. You'll know because you're vibrating at such a high field of frequency. You just know you're ready for something big in the next step of ascension. You yourself can tell if you know what you're looking for, you would know. Okay, thank you. And just the last question having to do with ascension before we move on to the avatars is... Uh, is there any last thing that you would recommend for our learning here on earth of where we should direct our focus, our attention to, to train for our ascension readiness? Work on your soul fields, work on your vibrations, work on positivity, love, frequency, togetherness, all these petty differences, judgments, guilt, betrayals. Th those are old systems of ways on earth. And a lot of people are focusing on the same old, same old, focus on something better, focus on something more positive, something more new, 
that raises your light quotient, your light fields, your soul signatures. What was has been, has been done. Don't focus on the past of what has already happened. Your feelings, your energy, it does vibrate at what you connect to, what you think about, what you are in. If you're in the past and you're stuck in that, that's the vibration you're stuck at because you're not moving forward. Focusing on what can improve your life, help you to move forward, onwards, to a better frequency and energetic field. So you yourselves are healthy, balanced in positivity and love for yourself and others, taking care of yourselves and not judging and not bickering and not fighting because that creates a dark field. That's not something you want staying in the soul field. So vibrating at your highest frequency to help yourself to feel better, to heal, and to help others in turn as much as you can. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Does the channel need water or anything? Is the vehicle still? The vehicle is good. Let's proceed. Thank you. So now we're going to get into the avatars that had ascension missions coming to earth and i looked up the hindu definition of avatar i know there's several definitions but this one refers to a manifestation of a deity released soul in bodily form on earth in other words an incarnate divine teacher would you agree with that mm, the word deity is not applicable it is a divine soul that has a mission and it wants to teach others something profound. So it comes in through light ascension, whatever physical incarnation, and has an experience as a light being avatar or, or full, full being physical avatar on the planet. It's not a deity or a deity. Yes. Thank you for that. So there are a couple of avatars that have become well-known through Earth's history. And for me, when I was studying them, they appear to have very similar missions. And uh, it's often to assist and activate ascension opportunity for Earth souls at key times, to bring forward one God source rather than, uh, in other words, the law of one rather than lesser gods, and exemplify balance between male and female leadership energy. Again, this word gods, it is... Yes. It's a, it's a creation field. It's not gods. Yes. We are not doing God worship at this time. Or that was a primitive concept of putting somebody higher because they had abilities. It had to be called something. So they were called gods or deities to explain that they were something other with abilities, but they're not gods or deities. They're just advanced beings with abilities. Well said. Thank you. Now, please define just quickly, because I don't want to assume that everyone understands this, the law of one. The law of one is moral ethics codes for how to live your life in balance, how to live your life in a just way, and how to balance yourself. So it's a set of codons, if you will, for soul balance. And also, it's a it's not a uniform universal law, but... It could be modified for every planetary system. Live in light, live in goodness, be in justice, be in a good frequency, being balanced. And also respect others, respect everything living, be in service to self and to others equally. 
and be in a good light field frequency. The law of one is just to help people and beings to be at one, to be at balance, to be at goodness, if you will. So your soul frequency stays pure. Thank you for that. So the two uh, avatars. Now, now question for you. What do you think is the law of one? Oh, that no matter what temporary guise, frequency, body that we choose to explore in our multidimensional realms, we all source from one and hopefully express mutual respect from that place with wisdom, appropriate discernment, and love for all. Very good. Your, inter your inner intuitive skills are advancing as a cosmic brilliance advisor. So your unique perspective on the law of one adds to that frequency of what it is. What you think of it adds to it as well because it's codon system. So what you humans learn from it and how you work with it adds to its frequency and it builds on to what it is and expands. It's not one set of laws. They evolve. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to bring forth Egypt's Pharaoh Agnaughton and Nefertiti. And then the mystery around Jesus. Fascinating. Let's proceed. Yeah. Yes. So if I may start, I'll start with what Oceana Dean wrote, and then uh, you take you add to that, take it away. Now, these are pretty direct quotes, and please remember Oceana Dean gets full credit for this. Since the Atlantean cataclysm that involved the drop in frequency of human frequency from 5th D to 3rd D, the Earth's grid had since stabilized and slowly increased in vibrational frequency. So guardian races made plans for a new ascension opportunity to re-enter the sphere of Amenti into the Earth's core in preparation for opening the halls of Amenti for the next natural dimensional blending ascension opportunity in 2409 BC. Now, in order to raise the grid speed of Earth for that ascension at that time, 8% of the total global population had to have what's called Melchizedek and hybrid souls born with their fifth strand of DNA activated. And the second mass birthing wave of these souls was to occur around 1500 BC, which was the tentative date for the opening of the halls of Amenti. Does this so far resonate with your knowing source creator and what would you add to that? So that was a reset of many of the beings that were part of their original genetic experiments, but something may have failed. So this was an energy frequency reset to give them an opportunity to come back and redo what didn't go right the first time. So it was an opportunity to restabilize the halls of Amenti because that frequency was misused and they tried to abolish the the physical portal to the halls of Amenti under the Egyptian pyramids. So that was a reset system to give them a second chance to do better, if you will. 
sense. So it makes right. sense. Yes. Yeah. That is what it was historically. Okay. And uh, two, two things arise from that. One is we've been talking about the guardian races, but I didn't have you define that for people. There, there's many guardian races, Andromedans, Pleiadians, the L race, the Cedars. There's many of them and they all have their own frequencies of existence. Some can come in physicality, some can't. Some just watch the energetics of what happens to the planetary systems. Uh, to their soul family, if you will, of who's ascending, who's getting ready, all those parameters on the energetic fields. So the guardians are the ones that have an invested energetic interest in Earth, the blue pearl, continuing to evolve because it is a hub system of future evolution. This planet is very important. So guardians could be Arcturians, Pleiadians, Andromedans, and so on and so forth in creation. Who participates in creation? Most guardians are very, very interested in this particular planet being preserved as the living crown jewel of very important creation parameters. Okay. A future galactic human evolution. And without digressing too much because that is really important and a show on itself um, can you give us a little hint about why it's a future hub planet because a lot of souls come to evolve on this planet from major galactic systems from andromeda galaxy the Ceres egyptians are coming back in the atlanteans are coming back in to purify the soul frequencies and get it right this time. What didn't work the first time in genetic experiments, they're coming back to fix, to create a pure stable energy field and Earth is that. It is part of that massive portal hub, literally like a portal, if you will, of energy and creation. This planet is creating something very important to realign that and to give you humans a better chance to not repeat what went before in Atlantis. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, uh, I'm going to continue with Ashiana and then add. So it, it was decided that in the year 1398 BC, an avatar that contained at least ninth dimensional, we'll just use the word ninth D frequencies within its soul field would birth on earth through this morphogenetic field through the sphere of Amenti. This would serve to reintegrate this avatar's race back into the morphogenetic field in the sphere of Amenti and allow his race to be released from the Templar seal and Alcyon Pleiades. So their race could ascend to inner earth Tara when the halls of Amenti opened. Also, the birth of this particular avatar would quickly raise the frequency of the earth grid, which would cause the increase of the earth's core vibrational rate allowing a spark to be released from the Earth's core into the Ark of the Covenant, thereby releasing the sphere of Amenti into Earth's core. So um, what would you like to say about this? And uh, I also would like to say that this avatar for people uh, was born in Thebes, Egypt in 1398 BC as the son of two powerful families. And in 1366 BC changed his name to, and you take it from there, source creator. 
So the sphere, sphere of Amenti, that is part of Tara, Earth sphere, core itself. It is a blue sphere. Let's define that term first. So through that sphere, this ninth dimensional individual came in with a very, very beautiful golden ray field. So it is a he. It is, Cosmic drum roll, please, Akhenaten. And he changed his name to Akhenaten. It was not his original name. His parents named him something that did not resonate with his soul field. So he had his name flourishingly changed with beauty and love to Akhenaten. And he married this wonderful Syrian woman from Sirius B called Nefertiti. And they had several daughters together and he had a son as well. So the son was from a different wife because in those days they could have several wives. That was not in accordance with the law one, but the pharaohs played their own galactic game, if you will, of experience. So he had more than one wife. His true love was Nefertiti. They had elongated skulls, so their cranial capacities were larger than human brains, so what you are right now. So they came in with bigger brains and heads um, because they have different genetics mixed in. Part of that previous genetic experiment that had to do with Atlantis and other things in your world in history. And they were meant to realign the ascension rights, to realign the human frequency and to stop slavery in Egypt. That was one of the core missions of Akhenaten and Nefertiti. And he came in as, of course, a physical embodiment, right? But also golden frequency of the Mesodec order to help realign the Saris Egyptians because they had lost their way and they forgot how to ascend because of what was done in the dismantling of the portal systems and the disruption of the pyramids, but by not so positive beings off-world. That is a whole other arc that could be explored differently at other times. So Akhenaten came back for the realignment of the system, realignment of ancient Egypt, Kemet. Uh, first of all, to reteach what the ascension rites are to the Saris Egyptians, the Syrians, and also to reestablish the Earth's morphogenic field to realign it, to properly reopen the halls of Amenti portal and the inner earth portal. So they would correctly go to the planets of origin where the ascension rites of those beings needed to take them. So he came in in that ninth dimensional frequency to fix the realignment of the portals and to stop all these infightings and the dark energy in Kemet, Egypt. So it was to redo the system. He abolished this idea of worshiping many gods. You worship different deities, you create confusion because everybody was going ah, ah, ah to the different ones. And it was confusing. There was too many pantheons. So he was a different type of a pharaoh. He redesigned the system so that there was only one sun god, Aten and a new golden frequency was born. 
to them, to the Egyptians, it was a new religion to birth the arts, to birth creation and imagination because they lacked that before Akhenaten. Their arts was very square, uninteresting, boring. It, it lacked light, creativity and imagination. So he brought in self-thinking. He brought in value of being thyself, thinking for thyself, free will choice and removing enslavement of creativity because everybody was bound to just be one thing or else they would be punished or something worse. So he removed that system of no creativity, no imagination, no self-worth, created self-worth, free will being, free choice. And his wife was almost like a pharaoh goddess in herself. She was the divine feminine and he was the divine masculine. So they both ruled equally to create equality and change in ancient Egypt. And they redid the ascension rites. What we already discussed underneath the pyramidal chambers, right? How certain ascensions were done. He facilitated that. But he also worked with the priesthood of Ur to allow change to happen because there were certain individuals um, and there was, they pray to a certain type of God. The Amonists, I think that is your correct earth term because there's so much earth history. So we are trying to define it. Mm -hmm. The Amonists, those were the not so pleasant priesthood that were impeding ascension rites for the beings that needed their souls recalibrated. So the whole Saris Egyptians, they were the ones that needed the soul recalibration. And the Aten sun god, that was to help create that new ascension path and phase out the Amonists. So they switched out and were practicing in their own separate areas. And Akhenaten was teaching the ways of ascension of the Mesoldechians the sixth dimensional beings and the priests of Or working together to align that 5D, 6D frequency for the ascension of genetics, 5D, 6D genetics of the golden field ray and the blue ray so that those Saris Egyptians could ascend and Akhenaten's line as well of beings that he was responsible for realigning. Nefertiti helped to support this role that he had. Great. Very, very fascinating. Now, he also was directed by the priests of Ur, you are, you are, um, mm -hmm. is um, to move his capital to a place called Tel El Amar Amarna. So um, I found out interesting facts about what actually, why he moved and what was underground there. Do you, would you like to share that with people? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. He and Nefertiti moved to this location of Amarna and they created Akhenaten city and they built their own temples and pyramids and underneath those were portals leading to Israel, Jerusalem, leading to inner earth halls of Amenti so that they could do the ascension rites under those pyramids connecting to those portal systems and I think there's many other it's connected to atlantis it is connected to ancient atlantis how they 
these portals were reactivated and fixed on the vibration of Atlantean frequency. So they regained the Atlantean frequency, reactivated the portals, and it was a whole network because it would go under what you call now Iraq, Jordan, Iran, but in ancient Egypt, it would go back to Egypt as well, to Kemet. So those portals and tunnel systems were connector points under Amarna. And Amarna was also a place of creativity, imagination, and Akhenaten City allowed imagination and creativity and the arts to flourish and free will thinking where Egyptians finally, you know, the, the peasants finally learned to read and write. They could think for themselves and gain intelligence. So his city allowed his followers, the ones that chose to go with him and learn, to learn those things, to learn intelligence and to not be part of the caste system of workers to be more than that. Mm. Okay, very very specific. A, a couple things just to add to that, that Ashian mm has -hmm. um, said, okay, the city, I believe his temple is Akhetaten at Amarna, Akhetaten Temple, which was designed for ascension initiation and training and then taken secretly into the lower chambers of Giza's Great Pyramid, where they could pass through the halls of Amenti and return to inner earth Tara without um, being seen, which was very important at the time. And as she did mention, like you did, that the opening, uh, there were many openings in that location underground and these portals through inner earth access Giza, Thebes, Jerusalem, and Ur along the Euphrates River. Yes, that is all correct. There were many cities with access, but also what is now called Iran and Iraq. Okay. And uh, just one thing here is the Sirius priesthood, S-E-R-R-E-S, does that mean from Sirius? Partially, yes. Okay. Partially. Because they're serious A and B. It is combination of A and B. Okay. Ceres. Ceres. Okay. So uh Ignaton began Ascension practices in 1367, 32 years later, after preparing everything and training and going back and forth and uh in all these uh using all these portals that of course would take it couple of minutes rather than having to travel a long time so um the priest of Ur had all the ascension chambers readied etc cetera, etc cetera. and then from 1367 to 1362 those five years Ignaton successfully trained and ascended several thousand people through the halls of Amenti secretly and without attack so um okay so is that something something to define yes. those ascension chambers they were light chambers that had the golden ray frequency within them where these Saras Egyptians can step into them and ascend that create a light body go through the portal and ascend that way because their golden rays had been activated in the bodies so that was one part of it the other one where they had the secret ascension rites underneath the Giza Plateau Pyramids in Kemet, Egypt. That was done in the circle of light with the crystalline staffs, but it was male priests and female priests. 
not just one set. Hmm. Okay. And then eventually a lot of political unrest and a lot of hoo-ha happened, which we don't have to get into. And unfortunately he was murdered. And yes, his and uncle was part of it and some of the followers because they wanted the monist way of back to come back and many gods, many deities and not the law of one. So they wanted to create chaos, confusion, mayhem and create a darker ascension ritual system that would actually take you into the soul traps instead of ascending you to the light. It would ascend you to the dark soul traps. Mm. Now, those soul traps, do we need to be concerned about them here on Earth? You still would because there's dimensional places that may seem to be dark like hell. Now, in even in those places, you can create beautiful existences. It's just a darker energy field if you think you're going to hell you'll create a hell world for yourself and you'll experience that temporarily but you can also create paradise and beauty in that realm it's how you think and what you if you go into the passing of death out of fear you will create that reality for yourself if you go out of the light and feeling balanced and well like you're creating a positive experience you can create your own dimension of living in a beautiful world because in 5D and beyond, you can create your own worlds to live in when you pass on. So you have to make sure a soul trap could be a dimension you create or going to if you're in fear. If you're not in fear, you're not going to end up there. So that's why they've often said the consciousness that you cross over with is a consciousness that you'll go to. That you manifest for yourself, even on an energetic level. Okay. Thank you so much. Now, we did mention the skull size that has been, there's something called the Paracas skulls that have been recovered for a long time. People can see that online. You, I'll put a picture here of the huge skulls that were the skulls from the Agnaughton lineage and Nefertiti. So, yes, some of those skulls were Syrian. Ah, okay. Because Akhenaten and Nefertiti are part Syrian. Mm, okay. Reminds me of dolphins, too. Pun. Yes, that's why the elongated heads and the higher cranial capacity and bigger intelligence, they could also remember things much better. Their memory capacities were expanded, so they were... Akhenaten and Nefertiti were part Syrian. Okay, beautiful. Now, I do want to go into something a little uh, quick, quickly, and then we will proceed with Jesus and uh, what you have. have. Is there anything else you would like to add regarding the mystery of Pharaoh Akhenaten, Nefertiti, or family that you wish for us to know at this time? Even though Akhenaten was murdered, his golden ray light frequency was able to go past the Tara soul field frequency of the planet. So he was eventually able to ascend after soul purification. It was tough being murdered. So he went into the purification 4.5D and was purified. 
with the golden ray frequency that was part of his ninth dimensional soul frequency existence. And Nefertiti lived beyond him and counseled her children in how Egypt was influenced. So she had her own pharaoh rights of rulership, even beyond him being murdered. So she lived on for some time. They weren't murdered together, just for clarification. Yes, I, I, I had read that she isn't talked about as a pharaoh, but she had pharaoh rights for quite a while. Yeah, She did, and she helped her children to evolve into beautiful beings and to rule Egypt in subtle ways. Egyptian pharaohs. And as we know, the headdresses they wore, I think, involves living gold, always had gold in it, but the, the ureus, which is that cobra-like uh, device to me, um, in the Star uh, Gate One movie series, that worked with the symbiote inside them. And so I want to ask, was, are, are those, first of all, the hats covered their big heads, but, you know, the helmets, but were they actually used for a combination of things like a possible synthetic tech device that activates something somewhere? Were they um, used for communication with ships higher up? Like, what is that about? So those golden hats, what you call it, were actually made of golden frequencies, more like helmets of um, a nanotechnology, if you will, nanofibrous gold woven in. And it was a sort of a telepathic communication system to enhance their telepathy, to talk to each other and the ships that they were connected with. A living gold tech device that could activate good things, perhaps staffs, things like that, but also weapon, uh, weapons of some kind. That's yes, that's true. Yes, they could activate their staffs, crystal staffs, plasma staffs. It was used for communication and it could activate bad energy fields mm -hmm. to overwhelm other beings. This gold technology could that they wore it could do that okay and this special gold uh which was discussed in a previous show so we don't have to go into it here as i was looking at the mummies being recently found uh what i found very fascinating is the tongues uh, of the mummies as well as over their eyes was uh there was put a gold solid gold nugget or a tongue shaped over their eyes. What was the reason for this? That is just symbolic significance to signify that their soul field is of a golden frequency and that when they pass on, they will still have that golden frequency because gold has been used for aeons on your planet as a symbol of my frequency. My frequency is pure, the purity of the soul frequency. That is to symbolize that, why they have that in their tongues or over their eyes, that there are the highest, purest frequency of the golden ray that they can be of. It's, it's more of a symbolic thing. Understandable. Thank you. Okay, so let's uh, get into the last part here, which is, I think, fascinating. And I would love for you to share, uh, because it's so precise and it's so eloquent what you share. The 
story of Jesus and that it's not what people particularly think and there could be some few uh, a few surprising details to that so feel free to go ahead so there was two Jesuses actually one Jesus that came through Mary Magdalene through that um virginal birth as you call it without you know the two sexes interacting it was a miraculous birth and that one taught spiritual wisdom to people soul attunement soul divine rights of equality of freedom free will choice also to read and write he had a following the scenes they learned from him so that was one jesus that came in through divine incarnation but of a miraculous birth without the male and the female coming together physically so miraculous birth that one is true in that sense but he was teaching spiritual advancement and spiritual wisdom and learning the other jesus came in to do healing miracles he came in through an avatar body that was not born physically it came in already completed. So it's not a birthing process. This, this Jesus was fully completely developed as a full grown being. So it didn't take years of maturation, but he came in at the same time and looking at the same age as the fully grown spiritual Jesus to match the frequency. They both hold similar soul capacity frequency the soul, their, their whole oversoul was divided in different parts. So they're similar, yet they're their own individuals. So that light field avatar body that was created into physicality with half the soul spark given, he actually did miracles. He performed healing miracles and people followed him. He went to Israel. He went to Egypt. He was in many different places. He had a following of people that he healed just by thinking about healing them, heal them, or putting his hand above their heads or touching them, and it would heal them. So there was two Jesuses with two different purposes on the planet at the same time. Okay. And his, his purpose for being here, both of them, what were they trying to accomplish? They were trying to change the world. They were trying to prevent what you would call that church system from taking over. The church is pure logic. It's religion. It's taking away free will choice. So they were here with purpose of to give free will choice, to show the planet that you have a choice. You don't have to live in darkness and slavery. They both came in to show the people that there's a different way of existing in the light and not of pure darkness and what was being instituted at that time in history hmm. is to give the people hope and free will choice. That's beautiful. Well, I know they both studied multiple and traveled to multiple places and uh, Ashiana Dean has, uh, for our audience, has much uh, that confirms, of course, what Source Creator said. And uh, also, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the lineage surviving 
What do you mean about the lineage surviving? They both survive, and there she had a third person who agreed upon to be the one crucified and whatever. So it's pretty close to what you say, but he took uh, his wife, um, Mary, and went to France with her three children. That's what I mean. Do you know anything about one of the yes, one of the human Jesuses did that. Yes. We believe it's the first one, the one that taught the spirituality. That's the frequency that resonates with the most. Mm -hmm. It was the one that did that. Because the second one went and left Earth through a form of ascension. The third one was crucified and yet lived by being by rebuilding the light field of him. So he exactly. was allowed to have a different life. Exactly. They both had different jobs. One was a 12th level avatar and one was, I think, a, a ninth or something. And then they had an agreed upon being who was initiated and went through the crucifixion to play the role as a distraction why the while the one Jesus was able to escape. And in return, he was brought back to life and ascended onto Sirius. That's yes, that... that looks like the correct timeline of history, what Ashiana writes. We would like to say that she is of a pure guardian scribe. So she is highly connected to the guardians and there's a lot of truth in what she writes in these two Voyagers books, as you humans call it, one and two Voyager, one and two. So her information has a higher degree of accuracy than other galactic histories on earth. It's wonderful that both you are corroborating each other here. Um, also, I believe that that was a schedule also for a 2017 Ascension wave. Like it, uh, that we're in now, right? Yes, it came a little later than 2017. 2017 was, a was the beginning of the revelation of truths about UFOs, UAPs, and other extraterrestrial beings existing. For humans, it was a revelation that there are beings of other worlds, other intelligences that are here on Earth and off-world and participating in this evolutionary, evolutionary cycle of advancement. That was sort of an awakening renaissance in 2017, and that's why all of these UFO things and projects started to be revealed. Because some of them are man-made, some of the, them are truly extraterrestrial, interdimensional, and multi-dimensional visitors here. So you may be seeing man-made UFOs that were reverse-engineered. Think Roswell, New Mexico. That was a real crash of three UFOs of beings and smaller beings from Orion system and then other crashes happened before that enough after that that allowed your military industrial complex and other organizations not of the highest light to reverse engineer these crafts and corporations to do the same and that's what you're seeing some of it and some of it is tr truly pure light ships other crafts that are from positive extraterrestrial beings off-world and interdimensionally and multi-dimensionally multi from the multiverses. So it's a bit of both that is here interacting with the human systems. Mm, thank you. 
Now, also mentioned in her works is that the silicate, the silicate matrix appears in family lines as a recessive gene composite, which remains dormant until it is called into activation by opening chakras eight through 15. And that uh, Jesus' lineage carried those as well as others. So can you elaborate on that? Well, to activate the full golden ratio frequency within your human body systems, the other, you, you have seven, eight chakras online. You need the other ones to come fully online to complete the ascension process. So that is what that is talking about, to allowing the human body to go into the light body, to transcend physicality and heaviness. So that's activating those other genetic lineages to fully come in online with that into the human body instead of working on it piece by piece in the future to already come in with that as an energy being being born into physicality with it so you don't have to build your light bodies piece by piece together to ascend mm. and that is considered to be celestial human lineages that have the 12 strand dna silicon yes uh-huh well, thank you so, so, so much. And uh, I will ask you one last thing of free will. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> what would be a last gem or anything that you wish to share, Source Creator, for motivational reminders for us here on Earth? Follow your divine imagination, creation, creativity, to manifest the highest life purposes in your lives, most beautiful positive timelines where you succeed with your goals, your happiness, your achievements. Live life to your fullest, happiest, and loving, blessed beings that you are. To your highest divinity, please. Mm, beautiful. Let people know what is the best way to tune into you. Uh, as a focus or practice, what they can do to tune in, to receive, because I know I have been helped a lot by both you and Ileana. Thank you so much. Just ask to connect to the purest divine light of source creation. That is how you connect with source creation. Just with the purest asking, I would like to connect with source creation, the true divine source creation of pure divinity of pure source. Prime creator, source creator, the same words, the same meaning. You ask to connect. And if it's of the highest divine light and timing to connect, the connection would happen. It is as simple as that. Mm, that takes a lot of anxiety away from people that feel there's all kinds of rules about it. In the asking, it is given. Mm -hmm, yes. Mm -hmm. As, as long as it's done with the purest divine intent. If you ask source creator to give you $5 million, that is, might not turn out that way. Just to clarify one thing, maybe, what we mentioned is $5 million. If you're asking source creator to manifest you something material, that is just to give you pleasure financially, that might not turn out that way. Because what you manifest, you need to work on yourself as well as part of that human co-creation and energetic creation with manifestation. 
you just concentrate on the materialistic physical aspects if it's done selfishly it might not manifest as what you're asking for so if you're asking source creation to manifest the material things that are not of the highest light it might not happen this way so those types of requests and connection it might not create that way if you are asking for very materialistic things just because you want that doesn't mean it would come that way for you just to clarify that's an important clarification to put the emphasis on co-creation mm -hmm. i think there's an old saying that um source helps those who help themselves exactly if you do it with divine intent and divine will to manifest something beautiful that truly helps you source creator does help with that but selfish things that are just because I want it doesn't mean you need it. Well, thank you so much. And I hope we will have more opportunity to do this publicly. It has been a true gift in every manner of the word. Blessings. Blessings, beautiful. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you look like you were just hatched. <laughs> Maybe I was. Eliana, that was wonderful. I can't wait till you hear it. It was just so delightful. And I, I know this, I'm asking you to be grounded right away, but I wanted you to share um, your channeling availability, unique channeling opportunities, your website as a psychic healer and multidimensional being so people know where to find you so with the channeling i like to channel beings of the highest positive light field that could be those loved ones who have passed on extraterrestrials as long as the vibration is of purest light and positive light field we can channel those or source creator again of the highest divine light Always, if something is coming in that is not of the highest light, it will not go through as a channeling. Um, so that would be how the channeling protocols work. And you and I talked about those. Mm -hmm. So they're on the website and people can contact me through the email seekingthetruthinreality at gmail.com and find my website on the internet, Messages from a Star Traveler. And the website link is pretty long, so it will be in the description included in the video, I think, right? Yes, absolutely. We'll include everything. So let's do Earth Games Goal. Positive intention and focus, dynamic balance, seeking neutrality with a wise and open heart. And we can accomplish a lot as a community and mutually respectful with each other and encouragement. So keep raising our frequencies and you guys don't forget to laugh, sprinkle laughter in the ethers because that really helps endorphins. Endorphins help raise your frequency. And even a small number of us who are willing to resource the truth of our being can elicit a huge difference in the morphogenetic fields that influence matter. So believe in yourself. I like others like to tell people that I come from the future where we are successful. So it is easy for me to believe in you. 
and you must believe in yourself. We can do this together and much heartfelt thanks to both our special guest source creator who's always ever present and psychic channeler Ileana. Thank you so much. It's a team effort and an honor. And you guys, we'd love to hear from you all. So please let us know in comments what you learned. May our shows always contribute to your greater wisdom and elicit the innocent feelings of awe and wonder as we enlighten and recognize ourselves as fearless co-creator beings honoring the law of one. So upwards and onwards. And thank you again, Eliana. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here with you in this beautiful time of co-creation.